Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshot.net. Live poetry reading. Those Catholics, up to no good as usual. Hello, hello, you are welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshaw.net, a weekly podcast about primary education where I talk about what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. Sometimes I do these special live poetry readings, uh, don't worry, there's absolutely no poetry in them, where I take an interesting article or an interesting circular or something that's important and I live read parts of it and make my comments on them. And um, forgive the title of this podcast, Stolen from Father Ted, uh, for those of you who didn't get the reference, but one article that really struck me in the middle of all the Leaving Cert stories was one by RTE's Emma O'Kelly. And um, really, this was astounding stuff to me. The uh, title of the article was Bishops Sought Commitment on Priority for Catholic Children in Schools. And uh, I'm going to read that uh, for you and comment upon it over the next little while. So without further ado, let's get onto it. I absolutely love uh, quotes from comedies and things like that. You'll often hear me referencing The Simpsons or Monty Python or Father Ted or some other film or or, or so, but I I never get them quite right. So you'll have to forgive me with this week's reference to Father Ted, uh, where they talk about the Protestants in this case, up to no good as usual, um, which is quite funny. But uh, in this case, we are looking at the bishops, the Catholic bishops who um, Emma O'Kelly has exposed. It's great to see Emma O'Kelly back again doing what she does best, which is um, really looking at uh, the politics of education, uh, particularly when it comes to religious uh, ownership and private uh, ownership of the schools. And uh, she does it so well, um, you know, just basically reporting the facts and finding things out that I suppose we possibly maybe knew about or maybe didn't know about um, and, uh, and reporting it as it is and it has such a good impact it's possibly just a shame that it's in the middle of the leaving cert and when it comes to education there's probably only one show in town so this story i suppose i've waited a few days to do this uh, poetry reading as such um on this uh, because i thought there might have been a bit more of an uh, uh, output on it so sorry for the lateness of this week's uh, podcast i just wanted to see um if there was going to be any uh, follow-up to it uh, but there isn't however it is still worth having a look at this um, episode or at this article and reading bit and um, I suppose giving my own thoughts on it. So, um, I mean, I suppose the best thing to do is really start at the start. Um, this article is from Friday, the 10th of June, 2022. So this is um, 10 years after the Patronage and Pluralism Forum, uh, just a set uh, of some context here where there was tried to be, uh, where the aim of that was to try and diversify the number of primary schools uh, not under uh, religious ownership, um, which, as we know, failed. Only a handful of schools um, were handed over by religious bodies. But it's also, um, more importantly, four years years since the admissions bill, which uh, uh, which basically spelt the end of what was known as the baptism barrier uh, in primary schools in Ireland, where uh, schools uh, were prioritising uh, Catholic children on enrolment into schools, uh, in Catholic schools. And given that uh, over 90% of schools uh, were uh, under the uh, patronage of the Catholic Church, and given that there's very little uh, alternatives for people, um, if you didn't baptise your child, 
um, you had very uh, much less of a chance of getting into your local primary school than um, your friends or neighbours. Um, this uh, became a huge story in 2000, uh, really around 2015-2016 when a parent called Nikki Murphy couldn't get her children into any school in Dublin 6 and uh, made the, 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 the title at the front page of the New York Times of all places and really, um, I suppose, embarrassed the government into doing something. Of course, as people who regularly listen to this will know, um, rather than actually sorting the problem out completely, they just complicated stuff, uh, which was to only um, as, uh, make the baptism barrier disappear for Catholics um, rather than for other religions that also run plenty of the schools in the country. Um, so, I mean, essentially, that's some context for this article. And I suppose I'll be trying, I suppose, from my um, memory uh, in this because this is I am doing this absolutely live. I don't have any notes for this other than the article itself. Um, so um, we will, um, you know, let's see how we get on. It starts off uh, very quickly to basically say that the Catholic Bishops' Conference, uh, by the way, the Catholic Bishops' Conference are the people that are in charge of um, basically how Catholic schools keep their ethos running and they make the demands uh, to the patrons of how things go. They, uh, You may know of the Bishops' Conference or the Catholic Bishops' Conference for writing the RSE programme before Flourish, which uh, had all sorts of peculiar uh, peculiarities that are taught to children um, around the country around um, around sex education um, and very interesting language within it. I, I don't have it to hand, but uh, well worth looking at the Bishop Conference's uh, thoughts on RSE. But they looked for a binding commitment from the state uh, that Catholic children will be given priority access to Catholic schools in exchange for the divestment of a small number of Catholic primary schools to multi-denominational status documents received by RTE News re re Reveal. I mean... I may not have to read any further. Isn't that astounding? So it was outlawed that Catholic schools would prioritise on enrolment. Now, I never agreed with this, but uh, the, basically taking down the baptism barrier, basically uh, allowing, which allowed them to discriminate against non-Catholic children to come to their schools. And um, in exchange for that being, and they agree, I mean, on the face of it, they said they agreed with this that um, they, they, they shouldn't be doing this anymore. In exchange for um, divesting a small number of schools, they wanted to put the baptism barrier back. I mean, I think that alone is shocking, shocking piece of news. Um, and uh, let's find out a little bit more. They show that at a meeting last June, the bishops told the Minister for Education that their support for the divestment of a number of their schools was dependent on the ability of schools remaining under Catholic patronage to operate fully as Catholic schools, including the ability to prioritise enrolment of Catholics. Now, up until the final bit of that sentence, I mean, if we're going to have a patronage system that's, you know, built on these private religious bodies but like built along religious lines it makes sense that if you have catholic schools church of ireland schools uh, muslim schools jewish schools um multi-denominational schools interdenominational schools and all, all the rest of it that if you're a catholic school it would make sense that you would be able to operate fully as a catholic school the la last bit there about the including the ability to prioritize enrollments of catholics in some ways you know 
I'm not defending them because there's so many Catholic schools. But if there was a situation where we had an even number, let's say this patronage and pluralism thing worked, because it didn't. I mean, you can't have choice like like that 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 they want that where everybody could have the religion that they wanted or the lack of religion they wanted in every single part of Ireland. You know, choice doesn't actually work. And the people that keep arguing for choice, I, I have to say, the the more and more they argue, the more and more stupid they sound. It doesn't make sense unless you yourself are a Catholic because you're the only ones with choice. You know, I, I, I live in a town where there's, or I live in a county where there's uh, about 50 schools, primary schools. There's only one school my child can go to because it's the only school that uh, doesn't uh, indoctrinate children in a particular faith. You know, so, you know, th- where's my, where, where is the choice really in reality? Uh, whereas someone who comes from a Catholic background or a Church of Ireland background has plenty of choice in, in the county and that's replicated around the country. And in fact, if there's four counties left in Ireland where there is no uh, non-religious choice, um, which is astounding, um, really. I mean, ultimately, let's say Catholic schools are in the minority, like they are, let's say, in most other countries uh, in, in, the, in the world. Well, maybe the ability to prioritise the enrollment of Catholics could be argued in the same way as the Church of Ireland Jewish and Muslim schools argue that their baptism barrier or the equivalent of baptism barrier was kept in the admissions bill. So I... I'm not defending what they're saying, but they would have to divest the majority, the vast majority of their schools to the state um, if this was to be something they would could, they would, could be able to argue to prioritise. Anyway, I don't think that's what they were doing. So according to the notes of that meeting, the Bishop of Meath, uh, Tom Dinehan, now <laughs> this bishop, the, of all the bishops in the country, Meath seems to be the more hardcore um, when it comes to this. Uh, so... I, I wouldn't say it's representative of all bishops, but, you know, he is he is the man um, that that's that's well known for this. He told the minister and department officials that recent legislation had created difficulty in inverted comma in this respect. He was referring to legislation passed four years ago, which outlawed the practice of Catholic schools favouring children who had been baptised over others when it came to admissions. The practice had become the subject of great great controversy or controversy, I don't know how you pronounce that word in Ireland, and was regarded as unfair by many, including the Department of Education, given that 90% of publicly funded schools in the country are Catholic. Now, I need to add something to this because the Department of Education were um, were in favour of it, uh, weren't in favour of it uh, and, and didn't and regarded as unfair only to Catholic schools, not to Church of Ireland Jewish or Muslim schools, who they argued and against the majority of the um, of the public opinion that no school should be able to uh, discriminate um, on the basis of religion on access at the time. Now, I always argued that this was never going to be enough. And I've said this many times in this podcast that simply removing the uh, ability to uh, to stop enrollments was simply moving that baptism barrier out uh, from outside the school gate to inside the school door because once you get into the school the problems only begin where you're isolated you're treated i mean i suppose isolated at worst discriminated by definition uh, but certainly treated like a second class citizen uh, within your own local school because of an accident of birth and um i mean i would not give uh, the department of education fudged um, this um, dive, uh, this uh, baptism barrier thing by basically allowing Church of Ireland schools to still discriminate and Jewish schools to still discriminate and Muslim schools to discriminate as well, um, which I, I believe was, was certainly um, not right and certainly didn't go far enough even um, you know, in terms of what happens when children are in schools, um, which is uh, problematic. Um, so 
I don't know, we'll, we'll carry on. The documents relate to discussions held over the past 18 months between the Department of Education and the Catholic bishops aimed at progressing the divestment of Catholic schools in nine areas around the country. So we're talking about nine schools over 18 months. Uh, we're, we're looking to have, you know, we have 3,200 schools in the country and 18 months to talk about nine schools moving over seems ridiculous absolutely ridiculous particularly when you have when they have this very very conservative target of having 12 percent of schools multi-denominational by 2030 we should be having we should be having the opposite it should be 12 percent religious schools maybe by 2030 should be the target really and, I, and in fact i would say zero percent of religiously run schools in fact we really need to have a look at the system we need to we need a proper discussion about the primary education uh, primary education sector and how we can work with the various um stakeholders and people who own uh, the various buildings to make sure that every citizen in this country is looked after equally. I, I just find the, the Catholic Church are brilliant at saying saying things about how equitable and about Catholic social justice and how inclusive it is and all the rest of it is. But when push comes to shove, there are thousands of children in their schools who are being who are treated like second class citizens, who are being discriminated against, who are being uh, who are being treated like visitors in their own local schools, and it's almost like they're being benevolent towards and they're tolerating them. Um, that's not social justice. Um, I always, when I hear Catholic social justice, I just think of schools and thinking, well, if you have to put the word Catholic in front of it, it obviously means that it's not quite social justice. Um, however, let's carry on. Of these eight, of these nine schools, all of the areas have a large number of Catholic primary schools and little or no multi-denominational provision. One of those this year will be Nina, which is switching over. Nina is the first place. Nina is going to be a community national school, and it'll be the first non-religious or not first school not run by a religious body in the whole of County Tipperary, a massive county. I mean, this is how slow things are going, and it shouldn't be like this. They're like the the entire Irish population doesn't want it isn't particularly in favor of it in a way and i'll talk maybe a bit in a way i would say if if irish people were told tomorrow do you know what we're going to remove religion from schools um as a, as as truth i don't think there'd be a huge protest and i know this now um because when because of the reaction to nina and the, and nina happened at the same time as the national maternity hospital uh, uh fiasco where the Irish people do not want church involvement in public buildings. They don't want it. If you look at the National Maternity Hospital and the protests and the campaigns, but schools are no different. And when Nina uh, was re- was reconfigured from a Catholic school to a um, to a, a multi denominational body, the Community National School, the reaction was silent. I don't think people really care that much. Uh, some will be. I think people will be generally disappointed that. If they want to make their sacraments now, they'll have to do it in their own time. And many people might use that as a reason. In fact, actually, that is exactly the reason. Um, If you listened to uh, Shane Coleman um, uh, speaking about this issue with um, Aoife Cassidy, who has opted her children out of religion in in the school that she goes to, he was arguing that, look, I don't really want to do religion. and I'm quite happy for my school to basically do the religion, do the religious stuff for my child. And, you know, I I, I don't want to have to do it myself. And that was the defence. He himself admitted it wasn't a very good defence. But that was his defence for keeping these things going. So I don't know if that's, um, I don't know 
in reality if that's a good enough reason. And I don't think, even I think Shane Coleman realised himself, and I think people generally would realise themselves, it's not a good enough reason. If you want to have your sacraments, you need to you need to do it yourself. You need to put a bit of effort into it. I, when I was making my bar mitzvah when I was 13, my school didn't teach me my bar mitzvah. My parents had to pay someone after school. I had to go once a week to this uh, kind of reverend's house and he would teach me, uh, he taught me how to make my bar mitzvah and we paid for the privilege of that. Um, similarly, uh, I think uh, when it comes to any religious uh, kind of faith formation, if you want to be part of that, you need to be part of your church community. It's not okay to basically outsource religion to your uh, to your to your local school because it's not that it's a, a victimless crime for want of a better expression. What you're doing by that is maybe it's nice for you, but what about the children that aren't Catholic in the class that have to sit at the back of the classroom, sit at the back of the church, be visitors basically in their classroom? But also, what about the teachers and the and the staff that have to be missionaries for your for the Catholic Church against their will? They have to pretend to be Catholic in order to survive. And no, they cannot just get another job because there are there because of uh, there are not that there are not enough schools to cater. And why should? teachers become missionaries it's like asking you to be a missionary in whatever your job you have it's absolutely no it's absolutely unreasonable to expect that but um let's carry on from an early stage in the talks the bishops demand that catholic schools once again be allowed to discriminate in favor of catholic children in terms of admissions was seen by the department as a key stumbling block i just think one needs to read that sentence again and emphasize uh a part of it. From an early stage in the talks, the bishops demand that Catholic schools once again be allowed to discriminate in favour of Catholic children in terms of admissions was seen by the department as a key stumbling block. So basically, the bishops are demanding they want to discriminate against in favour of Catholic children. I mean, this is astounding. Like, this is, I mean, RT are very careful in their language. So I can't imagine that is a... Um, is not a direct quote. So the Catholic Church want to discriminate. I mean, we know they want to. I mean, people like me are, I mean, people, I'm not sounding, I'm sounding shocked because you have to, but we know this. We all know this. This is what they wanted. And we knew this. This was the whole point of the baptism barrier and all those arguments back in the 2017, 2018. Oh no, we never exclude anybody. Anyone can come to the schools. We're very inclusive and so on. It's nonsense. We don't discriminate. You do. Of course you do. They want to discriminate, even the language there. We want to be allowed to discriminate. So the department reminded the bishops that the legislation was due to be reviewed in 2023. Now, I can't believe it was going to be um, be reviewed in 2023, you know, in order, like maybe to, to, to backtrack. I hope it was to, you know, further um, change the legislation to make sure that nobody was allowed to discriminate. Anyway, however, officials noted it, and this is a quote, it has been made clear that the prospect of the review does not provide the assurance that the Irish Episcopal Conference is seeking that their concerns will be addressed before they are willing to adopt a national approach to reconfiguration. So it does sound to me, as optimistic as I might have sounded a few weeks ago when I was talking about reconfiguration, it doesn't actually look... I thought the Catholic Church were... How, how will I put it? I thought they were better people than that. And they aren't, clearly. They... It, it, I thought they... Because this is what they say... We, we, we have too many schools. We want to, we live in a different world. We live in a society where blah, 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 blah. We want to be part of it. They don't. They don't. They want to make sure that Catholic schools um, remain the, the, the single power force within the system by the sounds of things. 
and um, they're not going to reconfigure. They're going to give, it's going to be breadcrumb territory here. So, I mean, the fact that we're going to have five schools that will open in the next couple of years, reconfigured from the Catholic Church, I just, I thought they could do better. I thought morally, ethically, they'd, they'd be better people, but they're, they're, they're not. They're bad people. Bad people is probably the best way I can describe them. Isn't it, isn't it awful that people who, you know, I mean, that whole thing closer to God or closer to church, further from God. I don't know what those phrases. I'm not very good at quotes, but this seems to be the case. This isn't about doing the, this isn't about doing the right thing. This is about, um, this is about power. This is about, you know, uh, it's, it's really disappointing when you, when you, when you look at some leaders and they can be religious leaders, they can be any type of leaders. You expect your leaders to be morally, ethically good people. But they're clearly not. You know, this is, it's, 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 it's just, you know, flies in the face of goodness, you know. Anyway, we'll carry on. At a high-level meeting last June, attended by the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, the Archbishops of Dublin and, and of Cashel and Emily, as well as the Bishops of Galway and Meath, the Minister was told that Catholic schools must be able to give preference to parents who are committed to the Catholic ethos. And, you know, I don't know, I mean, look... I think everybody knows, and it's not no secret, Norma Foley would consider herself a person of, 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 of faith, uh, of Catholic faith. Uh, Norma Foley would have, uh, in her previous uh, role, uh, when she was a counsellor, pro, um, been, um, I suppose, uh, not on the side of um, the repeal uh, campaign. Uh, she would have, uh, she was protesting against, uh, the, and, and uh, she was basically voting no um, in this she would uh, through her Catholic values so I mean this meeting I don't know I mean I don't know how you see again I don't know how much power a minister for education really has but I imagine it wasn't a very difficult meeting for the bishops or the arch uh, or the archbishops and actually making those demands I mean I, I'm not going to go on about it again but this is this is what's happening the bishop said that their commitment to advance was dependent on the ability of schools remaining under catholic patronage to operate fully as catholic schools including the ability to prioritize enrollment of catholics where there are more applications than places so effectively bring back the baptism barrier um and again absolutely reasonable if they become minority schools i mean i and i see the one thing i don't know because i wasn't in the room and this is the only way i can possibly um you know, forgive this, is if Catholic schools became a minority in a kind of a, in, in sort of a state-run multi-denominational system, if there was 10% of schools that were Catholic, fair enough. Like in the same way as uh, Church of Ireland schools and uh, Jewish and Muslim schools can do that sort of. I don't agree with um, discriminating on any grounds uh, of religion and I don't believe there should be any religious-run schools at all. But given the landscape, it, all things being equal, I guess that's something they could do. I'm kind of repeating myself there a bit. So let's um, go. Bishop Dinahan referred to the difficulty that the Admissions Act had created in this respect. He said that in some areas, non-Catholic parents were choosing Catholic schools for reasons other than ethos than that this could prevent Catholic children from enrolling when schools are oversubscribed. So this is this mad um, uh, arrogance uh, that uh, these that a lot of uh, these Catholic um, leaders say that people, 
you know, these non, non-religious people want to go to Catholic schools because Catholic schools are good schools. So this is this, this passive aggressive kind of arrogance that, um, that this is happening. The, the reason why non-Catholic parents are going to Catholic schools is not because they're good schools. Um, it's because they're probably within walking distance. In every case I've heard of non-Catholics going to, non- uh, to going to Catholic schools, it's because it's the local primary school. It's, everyone knows that all schools are the same. This, you see, the way they do it is they make this divide and conquer tactic where they compare different ethoses to each other and they kind of say that Catholic schools are good schools, implying that other schools aren't good and things like that you know this nonsense they keep um they keep purporting in in ireland we don't have the we we, we don't have that system really we do a bit um you know and it's not i'm not criticizing the Gwell school uh movement as a first opportunity for for creating this uh because they and i've said this in a previous podcast Gwell school were set up to promote the irish language but they have been hijacked and we know and we all know they've been hijacked by the white irish middle classes as a sort of pseudo um private um schools similar to how the catholic school system has been treated in the uk but this has been a kind of an advantage for catholic schools in um in ireland where they can they sort of look at the uk and look at look at the uk where catholic schools are very good schools they're the best performing schools but it's for the very same reason why Gwelskullina seem to do very well in in Ireland because they talk when you look at the league tables let's say in secondary schools you know the top schools all the top schools are either private schools or they're Gwelskullosti which is interesting more or less not in all cases but if you look at the top 10 that's what it's generally made up of so you know, there's all this sort of aggressive uh, arrogance and politics and, and divide and conquer stuff going on. And that sentence there is is really, oh, it, it would boil your blood if you, you know, when you when you look at it, that other, you know, they, they choose Catholic schools. They're not choosing. They're going, they're, they're you know, the, the choice of going, walking to school or the choice of driving for 45 minutes to another school. I, I mean, it's, an, it's, it's a very, it's not a choice. That's not a choice. If you had a Catholic school and one's uh, and a and a non and let's say a multi-denominational school on the same site, um, perhaps that's a choice. But that doesn't happen. So anyway, according to department, uh, according to departmental notes, the church acknowledged that the issue affected a small number of schools. They always say the small number of schools, but it said a binding commitment for some movement on this was needed, so individual bishops could have a reassurance. I don't know what they're looking for reassurance for. This, I mean. They're making a balls of um, promoting Catholicism. I mean, how many, I mean, how, how, how silly are they when they have seen what's happened in the last decade in Ireland, uh, how Irish people, people that have gone to Catholic schools, have, they're not only have rejected the, the, the tenets of Catholicism around um, marriage equality, around uh, the issue of repeal, but they're actually now taking the piss out of them. Uh, and excuse the French, but like they're, they're actually taking the mickey. They're, they're using churches for parties. They're part of a party. And they're letting these, they're, they're humiliating these poor old men, priests, and laughing in their faces going, oh yeah, we're, we're going to be good Catholics. They have a little party in their buildings. And, you know, I know um, I've spoken to religious Catholics who say, look, you know, the way we can only reason is it is frustrating, but we hope that maybe one child in that church will see Jesus, will get to, will recognise Jesus in their lives by doing this. It's, the thing is, it's not working. And they they think by controlling schools that it's going to work. It actually isn't. It's having exactly the opposite effect. I had the same when I went to school. I mean, if I I, I had... Um, religion and Zionism shoved down my throat going to a Jewish school 
I mean, both of those things I rejected by the time I was a teenager. I mean, you know, I mean, this is this. You, they need to change the script. They need to figure things out. It's just not going to work. The notes state that the bishop's concern about Catholic children being unable to enrol in Catholic schools because of demand for places from non-Catholic children, those awful heathens, was an issue being raised by them continuously. I, do you know what? You've got not. <laughs> oh, it's very hard not to swear uh, when you're when you when you read a sentence like that. You know these these poor Catholic uh, people who just can't get into a Catholic school. I mean, you know, given that you know they might have to travel two kilometers up the road instead of one kilometer up the road to get to the, it's amazing I mean, like put yourself in a non-catholic shoe who who so there's people who are driving 50 kilometers round trip to get to more 100 kilometers round trip to get to a school to a school that, that that will respect them there are so many catholic schools out there that you know uh, it's just oh, i don't know i don't know i mean and and even back in the 2018 days the, the, the script changed a lot Back then they were saying, this is affecting nobody. Sure, we don't refuse anybody. We don't refuse anyone. Everyone's got, got a place in our school. Sure, nobody's affected. Sure, and then, and then when they were pushed and pushed, ah, sure, it's only about 72 children in the whole country that are affected by this. And uh, they were laughing in the faces of these uh, people who aren't Catholic giving out about it as if it's a big deal. Oh no, oh, all of a sudden it's a big deal now. They're amazing. These people are amazing. However, research carried out by the Department of Education and shared with the bishops last November revealed that the bishops' concern was without foundation. What a surprise. What a surprise at all. Data showed that just 159 Catholic primary schools, or just 6% of total, were oversubscribed. Okay, so effectively, um, the, their own research has been turned on them. <laughs> That's kind of funny, um, in a way. Their own research, which because they were trying to prove that there wasn't a problem back in 2018, they, um, that's uh, quite funny. So uh, effectively, uh, that's, um, the data uh, was turned on them after, their, uh, after the whinging were good enough for them. And it says it found that multi-denominational primary schools are four times more likely to have more applicants in places. And that's, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I don't like any of this stuff. You know, essentially, you should be going to your, your local primary school and there shouldn't be patrons. I mean, this is just the way it is. Anyway, the data shows that in the case of virtually all schools, parents had a nearby alternative with a Catholic ethos, the bishops were told. Duh. You know, it's amazing. That's, uh, 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 do you know, that cheered me up because I was getting very sad. That's very funny. Well done, um, Department of Education, um, for that. Um, it found that in many cases, parents were choosing those oversubscribed schools over other another Catholic school that was geographically closer to them. So that was interesting. That is a very interesting. I'll read what they said. This shows that there are many strong factors other than a school having a Catholic ethos which influence parents on school choice for their children, the department said. So that's very interesting. So a lot of parents, you know, they get this idea that there's a, a good school in inverted commas. And um, this is a mad thing. And I've talked about this about In Search of the Good School back uh, in 2018, I think. And, um, you know, the idea that there is this myth basically that there's a good school there are good schools at primary level all schools all primary schools in Ireland are pretty much the same thing and should be the same thing and are, are uh, and have the same sort of stuff and any any kind of 
in, you know, small differences are very small differences. And I just think a school gets a name. Oh, that principal is very strict. I like that. Or, oh, they do. They're good at this or they're good. at Oh, it's very artistic. Oh, it's they do. Uh, I hear they do good after school care, which I would say is the main reason um, in a lot of the in a lot of the cases. But essentially, people are choosing to go by their local school well for them, uh, in, uh, you know, in order to choose an equally um, similar school. So essentially what the data identified was just 50. Catholic primary schools that were oversubscribed and had no nearby Catholic alternative. That's really interesting. Only 15 schools in the entire out of 3,000 um, that were oversubscribed. So the department said it believed the concerns of the bishop could be managed and officials suggested good cooperation at a local level between schools on admissions processes and other criteria such as distance to school could play a role. Absolutely. Catchment area, if you're in the catchment area, you go to the idea of all this is you, you we should be aiming for a system where you go to your local school, whatever, whatever school that would be. And the things that are preventing that from happening should just go. And the things that are preventing that right now is religious ethos. That's the only thing. I can't send my child to his local school because I because right I believe rightly he shouldn't be treated like a second class citizen in his local school, which he would be because he isn't Catholic. You know, and that is just the way it is. If religion wasn't um, the patron, if the patronage, but if there was a patronage system or there was no patronage system, and you just uh, and every school had exactly the same um, multi-denominational ethos, he would be going to his local school, and that would be it. There'd be no um. I, I, you know, that that's just the way it is. I mean, this idea of choice is just so flawed and so silly um, that, um, you know, people need to really cop on and think about it seriously, about what we're actually doing here. We're creating systems as a segregated uh, system, much like uh, other, uh, like our neighbours up north, which only leads to the same thing all the time, misunderstanding and confusion. And in, in, in many cases, creating a, ri- a ridiculous, ridiculous situations where um, we have, some of the lowest diversity in terms of staffing, 99.7% of uh, primary school teachers are identified as white and uh, white and Irish and 90% of them identify as Catholic, which is much higher than the national average. I was actually, um, just as an aside, uh, because I'm only thinking of it, I was sent uh, an interesting tweet uh, from the UK, uh, an area of London, where they were looking at their diverse schools, uh, where something like 23% of the schools um, were had white um, white British or Irish um, students, but they were bemoaning the fact that eighty five percent of their uh, staffing were white British and Irish for the twenty. You know, which they were saying was a ridiculous thing. And I was looking at eighty five percent. What a dream that might be for the Irish system, which is still close to one hundred percent. Let's keep going. One month after this data was presented on 13th of December, I presume that's 2021, the Catholic bishops wrote to the department signalling their agreement to proceed with the divestment of some Catholic schools in nine areas around the country. I am happy to inform you, the letter read, that the bishops will engage and cooperate fully with the department in seeking to facilitate a more diverse patronage in those areas identified as having no such provision at present. Well, thank you so much. After all that, they conceded but just nine schools out of 3,100. Amazing. In the letter, there is no mention of the concerns that dogged the negotiations regarding access for Catholic children to Catholic schools. However, the letter does refer to assurances in regard to schools remaining under Catholic patronage. So that is, um, so after all that, they basically concede, they don't mention it yet, but in other words, they've allowed nine schools. So, 
not even I don't know, not even close to 1% of schools um, in the country. Nine out of 3,000 schools. Mm, I don't know. So it moves on. And it moves on to a, a changes tack, re-tacked really here. Um, a hybrid approach. The talks between the bishops considered a number of approaches that could be taken aimed at achieving more diversity of provision for parents. And um, they included a hybrid approach such as that recently adopted by one Catholic Gwale school in Dublin. Now wait for this. I mean, don't, don't get too surprised by it. As part of the deal reached between the Catholic Church and Irish Medium School patron body on First Petrunica, uh, Skull Cochlean Maud in Tala has agreed to separate, read segregate, children into two distinct groups during the school day based on their parents' preference for a Catholic religious education or a multi-denominational ethics and morality programme. And the plan was due to be implemented with junior infant pupils from last September. Let me stop there because I just want to comment on this. This is like it's a trap that all bodies have fallen into patron bodies because there seems and people who run patron bodies tend to be white irish christians basically who um who start off originally thinking this will work you know how about we need a compromise everything needs a compromise and the compromise will be well how about we allow, you know, like, you know, we can't just take the sacrament out of schools. My goodness, what would happen? Let's take, let's, let's do this instead. What we'll do is uh, we'll have, we'll, we'll let the Catholics do their faith formation during the school day. And then at that time, we'll take all the others out to do something else like an ethics education. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. It'd be grand. And what you're doing is you're segregating children along religious lines. And they tend to do this during the school day. It's just... A bizarre thing and it doesn't work. Educate Together did this themselves in the 1980s and it didn't work so they stopped it and the community national schools I just think they're hilarious they're, they're really funny with how they explain this as a way they, they did this model they did um, Catholics go into Catholic um, classes Church of Ireland people went to the Church of Ireland sessions Muslims went to a Muslim thing and then others HBH as was known the humanist Buddhist and humanists um, and others went to this other class so they were divided along four lines and they had 11 schools at this time and the 11 schools there were like going oh god I mean they didn't know what to do they didn't have Muslim teachers um, there are no there were no Muslim teachers at the time I think there's one or two now in the system and it just didn't work they didn't have the staffing to do it they didn't nobody knew how it would work and in the end every school just didn't do it very well and in the end anyway they realised it was a ridiculous idea anyway and they decided they would actually no longer uh, have faith formation during the school day and they said oh it was due to parental demand it wasn't it wasn't anything like for parental demands parents were grand they don't care this blaming parents thing is, is astounding and you saw this in the sentence here as well that they were doing this based on parents preference by providing a Catholic religious education it, this shouldn't be about parents preferences this should be about this should be about human rights parents and when we're talking about parents we're talking about the Shane Coleman's of this world from News Talk who just don't want to bother doing religion with their kids they wanted someone else to teach their child religion so they can have a party um, for this because people like a party the, 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 the communion and the, and the uh, confirmation are these parties for Bouncy Castle Catholics you know, this, isn't, this isn't a way to run a country we run a country by, by human rights we don't run a country because of laziness on, on parents' parts which is all it is that's all it is parents don't care about religion really if they cared about only about very small minority of parents care about religion 
but the vast majority care about sacraments. I, I watched this brilliant um, thing now, uh, an interview with a, another bouncy castle Catholic who was going on about like, oh, it's grand, it's lovely, it's so much fun, but we don't care about it, or we don't run it, we don't even believe in God, <laughs> you know. And but it, they did a survey, and it was um, sorry for taking off her accent, but it was that accent. Um, uh, it's not too far from my own, but um, the um, the the survey was. Uh, how many, do you think religion should be religious uh, uh, faith formation should be removed from school 75% of participants said yes and do you think the second question was given that do you think uh, would you is your child still going to make their sacraments if you believe that they should be um, they should be uh, should the religion should be taken out of school will your child then still be making sacraments um, and 75% of them said yes you know they don't want religion but they want the sacraments it's just mad stuff mad mad stuff and uh, anyway basically anyway the the cns uh, so to educate together the cns have realized that this segregation just doesn't work and now first petrunica to, are trying it out as well like like idiots really is the only word to describe them because they say th- you know and i the thing is you can kind of almost get why it might work for first petrunica because in a way their clientele tends to be you know white irish middle-class catholics who are quite happy to celebrate their hypocrisy when it comes to religion and they are going to wales which are generally under religious um you know patronage already they're mainly catholic schools so you know and there's very few um people um you know protesting this and they're you know it's it's a it's a weird one you know you don't have much diversity in most Gwelskull. And I know the Gwelskull people are going to say, well, I have a Polish child. Yeah, I know. Um, right. Uh, anyway, the plan was due to be implemented with junior infant pupils from last September. However, RT News has learned the development has been postponed until next year. Um, I don't know why that is. I mean, is it because it's just a terrible idea? The agreement underpins Skull Kathleen Maud's transfer from the church to Onfurus Petrunic to patronage. So I think in some ways, to be fair to Onfurus, they are, they know this is a terrible idea, but the church are basically saying, well, if you want it, you got to keep the Catholic thing. They did this with this community national school. M.O. Kelly's other amazing triumph was to um, basically expose the fact that part of the CNS deal, part of the Catholic church allowing community national schools to open was there would be a guarantee that Catholic faith formation would happen in all their schools. And anyway, that, uh, that, that uh, certainly didn't happen in the end. Finally, it took 10 years for them to realise, um, but uh, it didn't happen. Anyway, it includes a legal guarantee that a Catholic religious education programme approved by the Catholic bishops will continue to be offered in the school with ongoing oversight from diocesan representatives, similar to the CNS at the time. No surprises and really a terrible idea. And the Catholic Church, yes, they should be ashamed of themselves, but they obviously have no shame, as we have seen from this article already. The notes show the Department of Education expressing support for the expansion of this model to other primary schools because the Department of Education, of course, are as idiotic as the uh, the various other people supporting a model like this. Have they learned nothing? They've seen it with Educate Together. They've seen it with the community national schools and they're going to see the same thing. Are they stupid? Yes, is the answer. The documents also reveal frustration on the part of the Department of Education officials at the slow pace of change. Oh, that's nice. It's nice for them. I'm sure I would love, I would love if I could get into the Department of Education, all of their officials and ask them, what school did you send your child to and did it matter to you? Did your child make sacraments? I would love to ask every single one of them. And I almost guarantee that it will be at 100% will have sent their kids to a, a Catholic primary school and would have had the sacraments at close to 100%. And they probably don't see any harm in it. This is the problem with Ireland in a way that the people in charge of things don't see the harm. Asher, it's only a few prayers, but the harm is there. The harm is great. Um, 
It's systematic institutionalised racism if we are going to be calling it what it is. The Programme for Government Commitment to the Creation of at least 400 multi-denominational primary schools by 2030 is referenced, um, as is the fact there are currently just 159 primary schools here classified, and this is interesting, as multi or interdenominational. It's really interesting they've taken the interdenominational schools and added them into the mix because they, they need to get to 400 by hell or high means. So they will include interdenominational schools, which are actually not multi-denominational, they're Christian schools. And multi-denominational as well is a loaded sort of thing as well. I would say in reality, there's probably 120 um, multi-denominational schools in reality, it has taken 25 years to increase the provision of multi-denominational or interdenominational from virtually zero to 5% of the total number of primary schools. That's not true. Uh, one department briefing note hint, reads, hinting at the huge challenge ahead. It's, I'll just say that's not true. Um, it, it is not, it's not at 5%, number one. Um, it's, it's more at 3.5%. Um, it wasn't, I mean, yes, it was virtually zero, I suppose. 25 years ago, yes, it was virtually zero. And interdenominational schools have been around. So I don't think so. I think it's got it's gone from one, maybe one and a half to three and a half percent. Um, it's glacial. I mean, I agree with the point, let's say. I don't agree with the statistics. Um, but even if they do reach the 400, that's not a triumph. That's going to 12% of primary schools. We, we, need, we need to be more ambitious. And I actually think, you know, and I, I say this all the time, um, it's not a big leap. Um, it's, it would be very easy. It actually be easy. You could do it tomorrow moving every school away uh, from religious control to being a state-run multi-denominational schools, even if the land and the buildings are owned by the Catholic Church or by whatever church. You could do this very easily. Um, and it's not that difficult to do. Um, I mean, I, I'm, it's, I'll repeat it again, even though it's repeating things for the same thing. Back before 19, uh, back, back in the, before 1971, this was normal. You had secular education and you had faith education and why, and they were both completely separate. In 1971, a law was passed, Rule 68, which meant that, the, that basically they were, they were basically put together. It became that everything in the school was vivified by the, religi by the religious body that was going. So everything you taught in the school had, had to be influenced by the religious values of that school. That law was rescinded in 2016, almost invisibly. So there is no reason why that can't happen again. And furthermore, we say that religious education, because there's no law on what the school day is, the length of the school day, that a secular, well, not I don't agree with secular education, by the way. When I say secular, I don't mean secular. I mean a multi-denominational um, thing, which is very different. And we need to look at this as well. We actually need to examine what we want um, schools to look like. But uh, basically from nine to three when school is open, um, that is all state multi-denominational uh, run and then if you choose then after school um, you can have faith formation in whatever flavour of faith formation the, uh, the building is run by and that's a reasonably good compromise I think you know um, it, there's no harm if you want your religion well you can do it after school and you can pay for it and if you want I mean you don't have to pay for it but you can pay for it if the school is willing to do it but no teacher should be um, asked to do those classes those classes are run by the church for the church and um, ultimately that's the solution and it could be done tomorrow there's no need for deeds there's no need for anything at all you you know I'm, i i i would rather the buildings were gifted back to the uh, back to the to the state but as a start 
that's something can be done tomorrow. And then after that, we could talk about ownership of the buildings, that if the Department of Education are paying for these buildings, well, that should be um, that, that should be offset against uh, ownership of the land. But that's for another day's work. Right now, I think it's good enough to have um, a multi-denominational state model from um, nine to three or whatever the school day is. And after school, then whatever faith, if people want to provide faith formation, the church comes in and they run their faith formation classes. And that would be it. And it would be done very separately from the school day. Very similar in a way to how my schooling went. I went to a Jewish school and from um, 8.40 in the morning till 10 o'clock, um, I had to do my Jewish studies. And the Catholic children that came to my school went to uh, someone called Sister Roisin and they did their Catholic. I had no idea that this was actually even happening um, for, <laughs> until I met Sister Roisin uh, one day and wondered who she was. And she was lovely. She was a nun and she was absolutely gorgeous. She was, uh, uh, I, I mean, I didn't actually realise I didn't really know what nuns were, uh, but uh, she was fantastic. She was lovely. But we never, you know, the thing was, this all happened before school rather than after school. And school started um, in in my school. And for the whole day, there was no religion taught. My teachers were were presumably Catholic or Christian. um, And uh, I don't really know what they were. But Judaism and uh, or Catholicism never really came into it, you know, in 99% of the time, you know, I mean, like, there were there were obviously exceptions uh like the school year like we we the school closed on jewish festivals because it was a jewish ethos of a school and children weren't allowed to bring ham sandwiches <laughs> in for their lunch or whatever but the, i mean look the, i i don't think that was right particularly but the model of actually having the religious faith formation happening before school or after school was is a model that actually kind of it kind of worked in a, in a, in a, in a, in a kind of a 75% way. Um, but it was good, you know, so I would see that as maybe the next step. So really that's that's it for me. I, I've, I've nothing more to say about uh, that article. It's nice kind of doing these poetry readings. Uh, it kind of tests me on my knowledge of how things are going, but also talks about them. It's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, this is amazing stuff. And fair play to M.O. Kelly. Um, what an article. It's probably, it's a shame it just has, it's a shame it's in the middle of the leaving search um, because, you know, it hasn't really gone anywhere. But I, I mean, I suppose for me personally, I'm grateful um, because it's great to see M.O. Kelly getting back to this stuff. You know, I, I was worried um, that this wasn't happening, uh, if I'm perfectly honest. So I'm very glad to hear that she's back in the back in the zone um, and uh, fair play to her for that. Um, really, that's all I have to say on it. Um, you know, uh, we need we need to keep working hard on this. This isn't going away. Clearly, the Catholic Church are not actually part of the part uh really on the side of progress uh we've learned from this and uh ultimately if we're going to really do things we're going to have to all work together here um to make sure that we focus on human rights and not self-interests and um, there's a lot of individualism when it comes to education people saying they're grand and so on uh, we need to think of the greater good and that's really all i probably have to say we need to think of every of, of our friends of our colleagues of our teachers of our parents of our children everyone we need to be thinking about everyone, not just ourselves. So that's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. All the best. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye.